Wellspring podcast is presented by Wellspring of Life Church, a community of faith, hope, and purpose. The Holy Spirit, one of my favorite things to talk about, but at the same time, it opens a whole bunch of can of worms. So (laughs) um, just know that I think every point that we go over tonight could be broken up into two-hour sermons of their own. So (laughs) this is going to be a big, broad overview, um, but just hang in there with me. The Holy Spirit, I believe, is probably one of the most powerful yet underused gifts from God. Uh, Many people view the Holy Spirit as confusing or unknown, or they don't know details about him, so therefore they overlook the Holy Spirit entirely. And I think in our walk with God, the Holy Spirit is sometimes a dry desert part of our relationship with Jesus, which God, we'll go over this, but God gave us the Holy Spirit as a gift. And so if we're not using what God has given us, then we are obviously missing out. And that's why I'm so passionate about the Holy Spirit. Um, There has been lots of, I would say, myths that have come out about him or Things have been done that weren't through Jesus and are claimed to be through the Holy Spirit when they weren't. And so it gives a really negative connotation to the Holy Spirit and what, who he is, what he does, what the purpose of the Holy Spirit is. And because of that, a lot of times he's left out of churches entirely. Um, We just kind of read over that in the Bible. So I think there are a lot of myths and things that are untrue that people believe about the Holy Spirit. But tonight I'm going, going to go over four of them. I've broken it down. I know there's lots more other things, um, but these are just four that uh, God has pointed out to me. So the first myth about the Holy Spirit is that I don't know who or what the Holy Spirit is, and therefore I don't need him. You know, it's kind of like I had a picture of like having a title of a car, but not owning the car. Like, what's the point of having the title then? Because you're not using the car, you can't get any money off of the car, like, it's kind of the same thing. So we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit, but we're not even using it. So um, the truth to that myth, though, is that the Holy Spirit enhances our relationship with God. He abides, dwells, teaches, and helps us remember God's teachings. Um, You guys will find there are some papers at each of the tables, there should be plenty, Usually, I always try to break it into just one part of the Bible that we're really focusing on. Um, I just think if you jump all over, a lot of times you can take things out of context. However, that being said, the Holy Spirit is all over in the Word. And so when I wrote this message, God just, I pulled things from all over. So you are welcome to turn to them in your Bible, but we are all over the place, Old Testament, New Testament. So I'm just saying, if you don't want to flip there in your Bible, they are on these papers that say truths about the Holy Spirit. So makes it a little easier for you. Truth number one, he enhances our relationship. So looking at John 14, verses 16 through 17 and verse 26, it says, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. 
So the Holy Spirit acts on behalf of Jesus. When Jesus ascended and left the disciples, the Holy Spirit came in his place. So that was his literal gift when he ascended, because before that, when in the New Testament, he had actually, Jesus was with the disciples, like in person, literally. But when he left and he ascended to go back to heaven, he instead gave the Holy Spirit for the disciples and for us. And so the Holy Spirit, and obviously the Holy Spirit is the third part of the Trinity. So there's God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit also intercedes on our behalf. So if you look at Romans 8, 26 through 27, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. As the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity and part of God, he knows our hearts and he intercedes on our behalf when we don't have words to pray. And how many times have we been in that place where we come to God, but we literally cannot form words to pray? Whether that's just we are in so much grief and suffering and sadness, we just can't even form thoughts. Or if there's an issue where you honestly don't know how to pray for it. You don't really know if there's a right side. You don't really know what exactly to pray for, but you just want what God, you want God's will. Um, the Holy Spirit acts on our behalf and he knows us and he knows our hearts because he is part of the Trinity. He is God, he is Jesus. It's not just something on the side, um, like some, I don't know, something that's not powerful that God has given us to use. It is just as powerful. And so we are denying a closeness with God when we say we don't need the Holy Spirit. God gave us, Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit as a gift to be closer to him. So if we're not to use that, who are we? Are we saying, I don't want to be closer to Jesus or I'm better than that? Some people would need the Holy Spirit, but I don't. Like, of course not. God knew, Jesus knew us. He knew our struggles that we were going to have. Uh, they know the entire human race, obviously, because they made us, and they know that we need the Holy Spirit. And so we cannot deny that closeness with God. And so if we say, okay, well, I guess I know who the Holy Spirit is, but then it leads to myth number two, and it says, I know who it is, who he is, but it was, he was only needed in Bible times or in early church times, only in the New Testament. And the Holy Spirit did come to the disciples in Acts, but um, some people say that he doesn't come to us now. He only came to the disciples then. And a lot of churches, not Wellspring, of course, <laughs> but uh, many churches don't speak of the Holy Spirit, and so people think that he must not be real or important in current times. And that is such an unfortunate thing that our church has done. We have dug ourselves a hole speaking you know, nationwide or Western civilization-wide, but we have created this myth that is not true at all. The, but the truth to that is, as we know, is that the Holy Spirit fills us when we accept Christ, and he is to empower us in our walk with Jesus and in sharing the gospel. So if we're to look at Acts um, chapter 2, verse 38 and 39, it says, this, Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Peter didn't say that repent and let only us who are in this room be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. He didn't say repent and let only the disciples or only the disciples and their family be baptized. He said, let every single one of you. And not only that, it says this promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, meaning it is for generation after generation after generation. Jesus never said that this was a gift. It never says in Acts, it never says in the rest of the, in the anywhere in the Bible that the Holy Spirit was only made for and sent down for only a specific time. And we don't need, the crazy thing is, we don't need to do anything except confess our sins and ask God to come into our life and fill our hearts and then we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And that is as true now to this day as it was back in Acts. We do not deserve that. And honestly, if we didn't need the Holy Spirit, then God wouldn't have given us access. He knows what is best for us always. Always, 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 and we can trust that. And not only that, there's, it's not like the Holy Spirit came once and um, for one specific time in our life and that's it. God gives us more and more and more of the Holy Spirit when we ask. Luke 11, verse 11 through 13, it says, If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He is saying that if us on this human level can give good gifts of something that people need, we can figure that out. Then who are we to say that the Father wouldn't give the Holy Spirit to those of us who ask him? And that is just a truth that we really need to remember. That I think it's easy to think of the Holy Spirit like when you're at church and you someone prays for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. I mean, that's fine, but and that's true, and the Holy Spirit can be there. But when we're driving to work or when we are having dinner with our family, like those are the times that we forget that the Holy Spirit is there. The Holy Spirit is there to act in our life all the time, 24-7, and we can always ask more of him. So we can say, okay, well, I know who the Holy Spirit is. I guess he is needed in current times, not just in Acts, but the Holy Spirit is scary. <laughs> and I think that is one of the biggest myths, too, that um, our churches in the nation have kind of created that lie, that the Holy Spirit is scary. We think we don't want fire to come down of us on us. We don't want to speak in other languages. We don't want to scare other people. Why would we want something that is meant to terrify us and make us feel uncomfortable? And every single one of us has seen, you know, people who are being forcefully pushed back when people pray for them. Or, you know, things that say they're being, that it's the Holy Spirit, but we know it's not. Things that have been proved that it's not the Holy Spirit. Like, we have all seen those. And so it makes people think that it's all a hoax and that it's fake and that the Holy Spirit can't do anything in that. You can't actually speak in tongues. Like, those are all things that aren't true. But what we have to do is go by the word of God and what he has told us about the Holy Spirit. 
because the truth about that is the Holy Spirit was never created to scare or frighten us. He was given to us as a way to connect with God and to give us a method to show God's power through our human form. Nothing is done through our own power, but through God. Without him, we are powerless. And if you think about it, if we are to share the gospel, and we'll get to that in a minute, but if we are to do all these things for Jesus that he has told us to do, but we don't have power and we know that because we're just human, then how else would we do that? It is through the Holy Spirit and through his power, through the power of God that has been given to us freely. And the Holy Spirit is to give us hope. Um, Romans 15, 13, it says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Which leads to the Holy Spirit gives us power. In Micah 3, 8, it says, But truly I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord and of justice and might to declare to Jacob his transgression and to Israel his sin. And the Holy Spirit gives us liberty. 2 Corinthians 3, 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And, um, and that's freedom as well. And we in no way can think that if God has sent the Holy Spirit to do all of those things and to give us hope and power and liberty and freedom, that it would be a scary thing that should never be used. Like God would never give us something that he's like, oh, I'm, it's like watching a scary movie. Like I, I'm going to do this to them so that they get scared. Like that sounds silly when you say it, but that's truly how people see it. And the truth is that the Holy Spirit can come in so many forms. And it's true that the Holy Spirit can come in power and might and can come as fire upon people's heads and as lightning and thunder and crazy things that we read in the Bible. I have seen it happen. I've seen it happen with my eyes. Just crazy things like that of people truly speaking in tongues, people interpreting it. Like I have seen these crazy things. But at the same time, I have seen the Holy Spirit come as a breeze in the wind. I've seen him come as a song that we hear. I have seen the Holy Spirit come through a sunset that we have seen. And I think all of us have experienced that before. We know the Holy Spirit's real because we have experienced that. And God, he, we cannot put him in a box. Like God knows the setting that we are in and the Holy Spirit is going to act accordingly. If we are in a place where God knows that there are people who need, inter the, need the Holy Spirit to intercede in their life right then, and the only thing that is going to work is if they see fire come upon people's heads. God will do that if that is what is needed. But he also knows that if we are in a hard place and we just feel lost and we feel so far away from him, and we wake up in the morning and we look outside and see the most glorious sunrise that we have ever seen over these mountains, just like a couple days ago. That's exactly how I felt. Like, only God could create that. And I feel him, and I feel him speaking to my heart. And God speaks through nature. He speaks through dreams. He speaks through visions. Other believers as well, the Holy Spirit can work and come and speak with you. I always think of when I think about nature, I, uh, right before I went to YWAM, I was just in a really lost place. I wouldn't have told you that, but I claimed I was in a perfect place, but not even close. Just a lot of heartbreak. Um, I just didn't really know who I was. I didn't know my identity in Christ, and I was just lost. And I was excited to go on this trip, but I was nervous. I was going by myself. 
first time I had been far away for an extended period of time, and I just, I don't know, I was just second-guessing it all, like, God, am I supposed to do this? <laughs> was this a really stupid decision? I already paid all this money, so I am kind of have to go, but I just don't know. And my family took, excuse me, took a trip to Trapper's Lake, and there was this morning I woke up, and my dad had brought his four-wheeler, and I just woke up, and the whole family was hanging out, and I just felt disconnected, and I just said, told my dad, I was like, I'm gonna take the four-wheeler and a fishing pole and just go find a lake somewhere. And so I did, I drove off, I'm surprised I didn't get lost, I found <laughs> some small lake. But I cannot describe it, it was just the most peaceful and the most powerful time, one of the most powerful times I've ever had with Jesus. And I just sat there and I cried most of the time, I did fish a little bit too, but I just prayed the whole time and I hadn't had time like that just one-on-one -on -one with God that I had made in my life in a really long time and I just felt God was there I felt him holding me I felt the Holy Spirit saying like this is a new door in your life and this is what you are called to do and but I'm going to be with you the entire way and it just gave me so much peace and so it's hard when people say that the Holy Spirit is scary because that is not scary at all. Like that is what we need. God knows our heart. He, and he will give us exactly what we need in the exact time that he is needed. And so that leads us to our last myth. So we say, okay, well, I know who the Holy Spirit is now. I believe that we can use the Holy Spirit in current ages. He's not scary, but I don't know how to use the Holy Spirit. And we can say that even if we believe in the Holy Spirit and believe that he's needed, that we don't know how to access or to use him because we can think it takes a lot of knowledge or skill, like you have to know every verse in the Bible. Or you can also say that the Holy Spirit is just for me to speak with God for times like that, when, which does happen, you know, when the Holy Spirit comes to you and just gives you, um, deepens your relationship with Jesus. But... And that is part of it. But the truth is that we are to use the Holy Spirit to help share the gospel. And just as God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit, we are to speak the truths of God to others through the Holy Spirit. Looking at uh, Matthew 28, 19 through 20, it says, uh, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen is right. The Holy Spirit has been given to us to further the kingdom of God. And it is important that we realize this, that the Holy Spirit was not gifted to us solely to just help us internally in our relationship with God. That is true. That is absolutely part of why the Holy Spirit was sent to us. But we are also commanded. We were not asked by Jesus, like, hey, if you have any time, try to maybe mention me in conversation. Like, that wasn't it. <laughs> we were commanded to share the gospel. And the Holy Spirit will give us the words to speak when needed. Isaiah 61.1, same thing. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Same thing, that that is the commandment of the Lord. But God has anointed us to preach good tidings. He has anointed us to heal the brokenhearted. He has anointed us to proclaim liberty to the captives and to open the prison doors to those who are bound. 
And we, like, if I can get anything in our minds, is that if we can believe that, that that is as true for me as it is for Kenny, as it is for Kathy, as it is for anybody, that we have that. That being said, the Holy Spirit will give us the words to speak when we need them. So Mark 13, verse 11, it says, But when they arrest you and deliver you up, do not worry beforehand or premeditate what you will speak. But whatever is given, to you, given you in that hour, speak that. For it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. And amen, because we just think, and I do this all the time, I overthink and overanalyze things. And I think, okay, I feel like God's telling me I need to speak to this person at work. But I think for weeks, like, trying to plan this conversation and how it's, if I say this, what are they going to say? Like, it's never going to go like that. And so we have to trust that God is going to give us the words to speak when we need them. And that is the Holy Spirit. On top of that, the Holy Spirit will speak to us when we pray and will deepen our prayer life. Jude chapter 1, 20 through 21, it says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And so it's saying, by faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God. So we're praying in the Holy Spirit. We are asking God to speak to us through the Holy Spirit, and it is going to deepen our prayer life. I can promise you that. A lot of times we don't include the Holy Spirit in our pray prayer life, and I've, been, I've done that, and it's just so much deeper. You are just on surface level when we are not, because the Holy Spirit is Jesus, and <laughs> so we're not including Jesus or God in our prayer life. So that explains that. It just takes you to a deeper level. The Holy Spirit can also use physical power, a lot of times through laying on of hands, for healing or for prophecy. Um, Acts 19, verse 5 through 6, it says, When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. I think that's another thing that a lot of people think don't, doesn't happen anymore. It's tricky We've seen people lay hands on somebody and pray for healing, and they haven't been healed. So for some people, they say, the Holy Spirit's a lie, healing's a lie, you just saw it. But who are we to know that they're not going to be healed later on down the road? Or also, maybe God doesn't want them to be healed right then, because that's not in God's plan for their life. Like, we are not the ones to, to decide that. We're not even close. <laughs> we are just the ones to, through the Holy Spirit, pray for somebody. And so we need to be careful of that. And when we hear people say that, I've heard so many people say, healing may have happened in the Bible, but it doesn't happen now because I've literally seen people not be healed. Well, I have seen people healed. And a lot of us have seen people healed. And whether that's physically, whether that's of um, depression, whether that's of healing a relationship that people have been in, like I have seen God heal and through prayer especially. So we have to believe that. And a lot of times, people also get caught up in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, so it's chapter 12. I'm not going to read over the whole thing. Um, it's verses 4 through 11, 1 Corinthians. Um, but the gifts are wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecies, discernment of spirits, speaking in tongues. I do want to add that is speaking in tongues and not a prayer language. A lot of people get... Um, caught up on that, not the same thing, and interpretation of tongues. 
And this is another part where <laughs> this could be 10 more sermons just talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So I recognize that, and I know it is a very, people can see it as a very tricky things, like how does each gift work? What does each gift mean exactly? Like, we're not gonna go into that. But I want to say that I believe every believer can access any of these gifts when needed, but we are not gifted with just one. And a lot of people would disagree with me in saying that. <laughs> um, a lot of people say, no, I, I have that. I have the gift of wisdom. That's, that's the gift that God gave me through the Holy Spirit. Well, that could be true at times. God can give you the gift of wisdom. But at other times, he can give you the gift of faith. Of other times, he can give you the gift of healing. And I think that is the same for every single person because it does not say in the Bible or in 1 Corinthians, or when it's talking about this, it doesn't say that God picks a specific gift of the Holy Spirit to give to specific people. So we have to remember that, because sometimes we use that as an excuse. I've heard people say, I, I don't have the gift of healing, so I, I don't want to lay, lay hands on them and pray for them, because it's not going to work. And on the flip side of that, I when I was like, early 20s, I think it was, um, I was going to a church, and we did a lot of um, learning about the Holy Spirit, and it was great. It, most of it was really good, but I had the pastor came up to me and said, Shelby, I really believe that you've been gifted with the Spirit, um, or with the gift of healing, and so I need you to pray for all of the people who need, need healing here, and so it, it excited me at the time, because I didn't know, like, sure, um, but I prayed for a lot of people. There was one lady, super sweet, who was in a wheelchair. She had been for pretty much her whole life. And she fully believed that. And she, so every single service, she would have me pray for her. And I did. But it became so disheartening. Now, on one hand, maybe she is healed now. And I'm not saying that my prayers didn't work, because that would be going against exactly what I just said. But it could have worked. But on the other hand, it also put pressure on me, thinking that that was my gift, and I wasn't using it right. And I had to have been doing something wrong if people weren't getting healed if a pastor told me that that was my gift. And it could have been that I just was needed to pray for people at night, but really what it's I've learned over all these years is that I should be praying for heal healing for people all the time, but we all should. I'm, I don't think there's one person here who can, who can heal all the people they pray for. Like, that's silly. And there could be nights where I just feel it and I know like I'm supposed to pray for this person and it could be that that night God is putting that gift of the Holy Spirit on me. But that does not mean that that is my only gift or that I'm, that's the only thing I can do and that I'm supposed to tell other people and figure out what their gifts are. No. All of the gifts are for everybody. And we can... Um, we are able to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to act through us in whatever way is needed for the current situation. And I've been bad at that too, like asking God, like, I need this gift right now, so could you give that to me? <laughs> Maybe that's true, but 99% of the time, that's probably not true, and God knows that. So we are just to say, Holy Spirit, act through me. God, whatever I am meant to do, speak to me, and let me know, am I supposed to pray for this person? Am, do, are you giving me a word of knowledge? Are you giving me a word of wisdom? Um, you know, are you giving me discernment of spirits? But we are just to ask God to act through us in whatever way he is needed. 
And if we get too caught up in figuring out what gift we have, we're going to miss the Holy Spirit in time. That's, I think that's another reason why these, you know, the whole scary thing has come up. Because people thinking the Holy Spirit is scary is because people are told they have the gift of healing. And so when people aren't getting healed, they're going to make it look like people are getting healed. And that's not right. Like, that's not how God works. And that is ruining the truth. And so we cannot, we have to just be focused on the Holy Spirit and not have any expectations whatsoever of what is to happen so that we don't miss the Holy Spirit. And sometimes, a lot of the time, we have to step out in faith in order to activate the Holy Spirit. And this is the part I think a lot of us don't like. (laughs) So looking at Acts chapter 11, verse 15 through 18. It says, And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, as upon us at the beginning. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? When they heard these things, they became silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. And the very beginning of this is, the mo- is so important because it says, and as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Peter is speaking here, and it wasn't until after he began to speak that the Holy Spirit fell upon them. A lot of times, in our mind, it would be the best if the Holy Spirit comes to us first and we hear clear as day God say, pray for this person because they're going to get healed. That would be ideal. I've told God that doesn't seem to work that way. <laughs> but no, there's, there's purpose to that. It's not God tricking us and being like, oh, like maybe I'll heal him, maybe I won't. Like It's up to you to figure out. It's not that. It is us putting trust in our Lord and Savior. And we are saying, God, I don't care about the results, but I care that you told me to share the gospel. And I care that you love this person more than I can even imagine. And so, and if you are telling me to go talk with them or pray with them or whatever it is, go sit and just be with them as they cry. Like, whatever you are telling me to do, I will do. And I trust that as I do that, I may not have words right now to tell them, but I trust that the Holy Spirit will come to me once I step out in that faith. We have to step out in faith in order for God to meet us there. It is only fair if you think about it, right? Like, look what God has given us. It is the least we can do to trust. Trust the word. Trust these truths and know that God is going to meet us there. And I mentioned this a bit ago, but we also can't get discouraged when the Holy Spirit doesn't act exactly how we expect him to. And we have to remember that God's plan is not our plan. Right before I went to YWAM, some of you may know this, my sister was pregnant with her first child, she was fairly far along. I don't remember exactly, but it was after, so I went to YWAM. Um, I was really excited. It was going to be our first, I had two older nephews, but it was going to be our first baby. And we were doing, we were in one of our teachings, one of the most powerful ones. But I remember that the speaker was saying, you know, he's, he's been, he's a missionary um, in the Middle East, just crazy story of his life. At the end, he was saying pretty much like, but if you want, like, let's pray to the Holy Spirit and say like, God's will be done on my life. But he said, he was like, but I want to warn you 
that if you say let God's will be done on your life, it is not going to be sunshine and rainbows like you think it will. And it's honestly probably going to be a lot harder than your life is now. And you know, I was like, we were kind of scared, like, oh, I think so. <laughs> like, your stories are really cool. Like, I think I want that. So anyway, we were praying, and I did, I honestly hesitated, and I was like, God, like, I have some plans for my life after this. And, but anyway, I just felt the Holy Spirit, and I just felt, and I just gave it to God, and I said, like, whatever is your will, let it happen. And I am not kidding you. So we prayed, they played a few worship songs, we were praying the whole time, and I had felt my phone buzz. And so anyway, I waited till we were done. We had a brief break and I looked and it said that Megan had had a miscarriage and that she was in surgery. Um, her life was on the line and it was very, very serious. And I just felt so broken. And I just felt like, at first it was almost like, God, like, what is, are you punishing me for saying that? But no, that wasn't it. But it just went exactly what our speaker had said. Like, life is not going to be easy, and it's not going to be what you think you need or what you expect. Like, I had known that baby was going to be my first niece or nephew, you know, small, that was born to Megan. Um, and I just had all these plans for their life and for Megan and Danny and for everything that was going to happen, and it just crushed me. And I was just weeping. And, you know, of course, everybody was praying for me, my team, and it was just so hard for me because... Megan and I were really close, and I just, in this surgery, like, she was there for all of my surgeries that I had, and I just felt so far away, and that I should have been there, and that I had made the wrong decision, and that I should have been with her. God was there, and the Holy Spirit was there with me, and just comforted me. Like I said, lots of people prayed over me, and so it was either that night or the next night we had a, we would do, like, worship and prayer nights, and I felt the Holy Spirit more that night than almost any time in my life. I just, he was comforting me, he was speaking words of wisdom to me, and it was just, it was God saying, yes, like, my plan is not easy, and the road that I'm asking you to go on is going to be one of the hardest decisions you've made, but I am here for you. I'm here for Megan, I'm taking care of her, I'm taking care of your family, and then it was just, clear as day, I heard the words, his name is Josiah. And we hadn't heard if he was a boy or girl yet, the baby, but I knew that's who God was talking about. And I just kept praying, and I got this vision of heaven. And I had a, before I was born, I had a brother, Matthew, who had passed away. And in this vision, I just saw heaven, and there was like a courtyard almost, and there was this tree, and people were sitting against it. But there was a boy who looked I don't know, maybe 12, and then a little boy who looked about four years old, and I knew immediately that it was Matthew and it was Josiah, and it was just one of the craziest things that I have ever seen in my life and ever experienced, and, uh, and I knew God was talking about the baby. Like, it wasn't even baby form. It was just the weirdest thing. You just know, and Matthew was talking to Josiah, and he had his arm around him, and they were just have happy and smiling and it was it was crazy i i wrote it down immediately but you know i i called my mom and i actually didn't even tell megan until like two years later i just it was just really powerful though but i told my mom and i told all my friends with me and it was really cool but i was laying it was weeks and weeks later and i was just thinking about that again and i thought josiah like 
because Meg and Danny hadn't picked out any names. They didn't, because they didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. And I was just saying, that's interesting. Like, why would God have given me the name? And so anyway, I grabbed my phone. It was like the middle of the night, and I Googled it. And Josiah means that God has healed. And I just thought to myself, like, who am I to think that my idea for my life or, you know, my wishes, my will is better than God's will? Like, God knows. And I believe to this day that Josiah was not meant to be born to this earth. And I don't know, I don't under, we don't understand those things. We don't know why people pass away. We don't know why people have miscarriages. We don't know any of that. But I, it's okay. I don't need to know that. But I trust, like God spoke to me. And those times when I was, you know, the most upset or at my lowest point, God spoke to me in a way, the most profound ways. And I think all of us have experienced that. Like it is at our lows when Jesus, we really can tell that Jesus is interceding in our life. And so um, we can't get discouraged when the Holy Spirit doesn't act the way that we thought he should act. Like we have to trust that God knows what is best for us. And the other part is that the Holy Spirit is a gift, but it takes upkeeping per se. So if we are not in alignment with God and with his word, then we are not going to be in alignment with the Holy Spirit. And I have been following God entirely. Yeah, I read my Bible or I went to church, but I was making choices in my life that were an absolute sin um, and things that I knew were wrong, just black and white, but I continued to do them. And then I would, you know, try, I was like leading a Bible study and I just felt like I wasn't hearing from God. Like there was just a block in this communication. Like I'd pray for the Holy Spirit, but it just, I felt like I wasn't, he wasn't interceding in my life. I just felt like it was a stop somewhere. And it was because of my relationship with Jesus. I was sinning and I knew it and I wasn't repenting for that. Um, and so my relationship with Jesus, I was far off. I did not feel close to God. Well, they're the same person. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are the same person. So how could I expect that the Holy Spirit would be close to me if I'm far from Jesus? And so that is something we have to keep in mind as well, and it is a very dangerous thing. If we are a part of church and we go every week and we read our Bible and we, you know, say that we know everything about Jesus and we can memorize verses and whatever the case may be, but we do not have a relationship with Jesus, then the Holy Spirit is not going to be active in our life either. And that is a very important thing that we have to remember. It's very easy <clears throat> that when we are so focused on the world and our everyday life that we might miss also what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do. And if I don't have this close relationship with Jesus, then I won't hear what the Holy Spirit is telling me to do. And if I'm not hearing what God is wanting me to do, then what is really my purpose here? <laughs> I mean, it's, of course, like we have to go to work. We have to do these things. We have to have money to live. I know that. But we have to remember that that's like a side thing. <laughs> Our number one call is to follow Jesus, share the gospel, do what God is telling us to do. And it can be through that. That's the beautiful part that we can, I can go to work and I can listen, I'm like, God is telling me to pray for this lady at work. And that's happened, it happens a lot. Or I am walking down the street, going to city market or whatever, and I see this person and God is telling me to pray for them. Or I see this person and their arms broken and God is telling me to pray for healing for them. Like, so 
It's not that we have to stop doing our everyday things in life that we have to do, but we need to be open to listening to God all the time, whether we are driving down the street, whether we are praying in the morning to God, whether we are cooking dinner, whether are we going to work, like whatever it is. And that is, I make that sound easy. It's not. Like I am constantly finding times when I just, I make my plan for the day and that's exactly what I do and then I go to bed and then it's a new day. And sometimes I'm laying in bed and I'm just thinking like, I didn't even pray once today. I didn't even ask God what I should have done in this case. I just did it. Like, it's a hard, continuous thing. But if we are keeping this close relationship with Jesus, then we will hear the Holy Spirit. And it's ongoing. It's like I say, it's not a once and done kind of thing. It is constant in our life. In a minute, I want to play a video. So as all of you know, I'm sure, the case um, with Damar Hamlin, football player. Um, it was, I guess, two weeks ago now. Um, he got hit, went into cardiac arrest. You know, it was very serious. They thought he wasn't going to make it. I know there's a lot of controversy to it. Like, <laughs> I'm not getting into any of that. But it was one of the coolest things to see the entire stadium praying. We were at Bible study that next week, and Marilyn and I both did, and all of us just said, like, this is something that God caused to happen. Of course, it was horrible for him, horrible for his family. Thank goodness he's alive and doing great now. But it was definitely something that God had planned because look at the ripple effects that came from that. But I specifically want to watch this video, it's really short, about a commentator. And when this had happened, he was still unresponsive. They had done CPR a couple times, so they didn't know if he was going to make it. So yeah, I just want to watch this clip. The absolute tragedy last night. I think you saw some of the beauty of football mm -hmm. as well, that it's brought us all here together. Um, you know, like, this is a little bit different. I heard, I've heard it all day, like thoughts and prayers. And you just heard Scherf and Jonathan Allen say, like, all we can do is pray for him. And I've heard the Buffalo Bills organization say that we believe in prayer. And maybe this is not the right thing to do, but I want to, it's just on my heart that I want to pray for It is. Damar Hamlin right, right, right now. Um, I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head, and I'm just going to pray for him. Um, God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard, uh, because we believe that you're God, and coming to you and praying to you um, has impact. We're... we're sad we're angry um and we want answers but some things are unanswerable we just want to pray truly come to you and pray for strength for damar for healing for damar for comfort for damar to be with his family to give them peace if we didn't believe that prayer didn't work we wouldn't ask this of you god um, i believe in prayer we believe in prayer we lift up Damar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. 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 It's beautiful. Respectfully. Isn't that awesome? This was on live ESPN News. <laughs> this wasn't something like that they went back to. I mean, this man technically could have been fired from his job for doing that. That takes guts. And when I wasn't there, I think it was while we were at Bible study, actually, I came home. Yeah, because it happened Monday night. Yeah, I came home, and Chris told me about it. And I was like, no, like, he didn't pray. <laughs> Chris was like, yeah. So I look it up. And at this time, I got this probably about a week ago. Um, at that time, it had like 3.1 million views just watching this guy pray. And it is because this man listened to the Holy Spirit. 
And he knew that God was telling him, you need to pray for Damar Hamlin. And I love what he said, because it's so true. He said, everybody's saying like, okay, I'll pray for you. We all do that. We all say, okay, I'll be praying for you, which is good. Like, that's, that's great. We should be praying for each other. Absolutely. But if God says pray for them, we are to pray for them right there. Right then, wherever we are, whether we're on national news, whether billions of people are watching us, or whether we are in a place one-on-one with somebody. If God tells us to pray for them, we are to pray for them. And that just made my heart so happy because we don't see that very often anymore, and especially on the news. (laughs) Like this was such, something so positive that came from what happened to Jamar Hamlin. And I know it's easy to think, well, now people are gonna be like, okay, he's healed, like they're just gonna forget about God. Maybe, I don't know. But we're not the ones to decide that. There was a very, very specific reason that God had for making this happen. And I will tell you what, this is one of the biggest things I've seen in a long time that had the entire world, not even the nation, the entire world praying to God. And that is powerful. But in the same way, we have to know that if God is calling us to do something, it has that same power in it. It doesn't matter if anybody else is going to know about it. And maybe it's just you and God. Like, God is telling you, you need to repent of this. Or you need to ask forgiveness for this. And maybe nobody else will know. But the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, and that is what we are to do. And when we step out in faith, just like this man did, God will not fail to show up. Because here's the thing, if we are acting on behalf of our Father, why would he fail to support our message? So if I am telling somebody about Jesus, and I am telling of the power of God, and God is telling me to pray for healing or whatever, you know, why would God make it look like everything we're saying is false, or it's not true? Because then that person who doesn't believe, of course they're not going to believe, like that just solidifies what they think. Absolutely not. Like, promises that he will show up, so why would he not? I mean, it would go against him if he didn't. And that makes me feel so much better. <laughs> when, I, when I am so nervous to go talk to somebody or pray for somebody or whatever, I always, always, that is like my go-to. Like, God will show up, I have to trust that. It's the same when I speak. Sometimes I feel like I don't have the words to say. I feel like my message is, like, not good or... I just, which is probably the enemy speaking, but I have to know, like, God gave me this message. God gave me this Bible verse. Like, God called me to speak at this time. So whether it's boring to everybody or not, like, I am doing what God has asked me to do. More times than not, or always, God, there is a specific person that is going to be affected and bring, being brought closer to God when we do what the Holy Spirit is asking of us. And in the end, if we think that God's not going to show up, that would take away from God's power and might because it would show that God can't act in the supernatural. Which, is that true? No. (laughs) That's the biggest lie we could come up with. And so just remind yourself that. Like, I think that's more promising than anything. Last story, almost done. But I just wanted to say, you know, like I said, I, I gave this, I did this talk, something similar, um, at the women's retreat. But the ladies who were there, I got to witness one of the coolest things I have ever seen. And so what I did, I spoke about this in the morning, and then in the afternoon we did an activity. It was something I had done in YWAM, and I've wanted to do it forever, but I haven't really had, you have to have like the right setting, (laughs) 
right people, right setting, they have to be open. Um, and so what we did is we got into two, two circles. Um, the ladies were each facing each other. And I just had them both pray. Um, the inside or outside, I don't know. One of them was blindfolded. And for a couple minutes, inside? Inside people were all blindfolded. So I had the outside circle walk around. So the inside ones had no idea who was in front of them. Did that on purpose. <laughs> um, and then I just gave them a couple minutes. And I had both people pray just for those minutes. The one on the outside who wasn't blindfolded was praying for a word for the person on the inside. The person on the inside was just praying, like, God, whoever's in front of me, please give them a word. <laughs> please be with them. And it's scary. Like, I was afraid that no one would want to do it. Because <laughs> they'd be like, um, heck no, not doing that. That's a dumb idea. But every single lady did it. It was like, it, I am just so proud of all you guys who did it. So proud. It was one of, probably one of my highlights of the year. But the best part was, you know, because part of my fear is, just like I just spoke about, like, what if I tell him to do this exercise? I just spoke about the Holy Spirit. I said, if you ask for the Holy Spirit to come, he will without fail. And then what happens if they're praying and then they don't hear anything from God? Like, that's going to show that everything I said was false. But we know it's not false. Like, these are facts. I know this from the word. That's where I got this from. So that was my own fault. But sure enough, I, I gave them the two minutes, and then I just said, like, again, they have no idea who's in front of them. And I just said, just tell them what you saw. If you saw a picture, if you heard a word, if you have a verse that you got for them. And I just start listening, and every single one of them is talking. They're talking to the person in front of them. And a lot of it's like, I don't know if this means anything, but I saw a sunset, or I... I saw really dark skies and I see, saw the clouds open all of a sudden and the sun and it was so bright and so peaceful. Well, little did they know that the lady in front of them has been in one of the darkest times in her life and has felt no light in her life, has felt far from God, but felt that at this retreat, God was opening up those dark skies and he was putting light into her life. But the lady speaking that did not know it until after when they take their blindfolds off. And then, of course, we had them do it a couple times. Everybody switched. So everybody did this on at least two people. And just hearing the next day and that day what these ladies heard God speak to them is, was profound. And I just want that to be as, I want it to give you hope and to know that it does not take any, any special skill for God to speak or work through us. Like, thank goodness. <laughs> I don't have any special skill. So, but God will show up. Like, we have to trust that he will. And you just see, like, you just look back at your life already and see what God has done for you. We know that. So who are we now to think that God wouldn't show up through me when he is calling me to do something? Just know that in order to activate the Holy Spirit, we have to take a risk, though. It's not going to be easy. Nothing God has called us to do is easy. We just need to accept that now. <laughs> Wish it was, it's not. But the Holy Spirit will empower us to share the gospel, but we have to step out in faith first. But with God on our side, what is there to lose? Nothing, right? And the other thing that I tell myself too is that it's just like when I pray for somebody and they're not healed, that's okay. I got to pray for somebody. Like, I've had cases, you know, and other stories where I've prayed for people, they weren't healed, and I find out weeks down the, down the road that they were healed. 
And maybe that was from my prayer, maybe that was from someone else's, maybe God just healed him on the spot right there, you know? But that's not on me. The healing part is not on me. The part on me is to do what the Holy Spirit has told me to do, in that case, to pray for somebody. Something that I just felt just tonight, really on my heart, is that sometimes we have sin in our life that's blocking our relationship with Jesus, and that's why we are not in line with the Holy Spirit. And so I just challenge all of us to ask God, if there is anything in our life right now hindering that relationship, to point that out to us so that we can repent of that um, and ask forgiveness for that and so that we can remove anything that is hindering our relationship with Jesus. That's the last thing we want, guys. And then I just want, during this last song, just listen to God, you know, um, and just say, Holy Spirit, come to me, speak to me. And I'm going to pray that over all of us, but just listen. And if he is telling you to pray for the person beside you, do it. Like, especially here, we all love each other, and this is a safe place. And if, if God tells you, like, gives you a word for the person beside you, tell them. So many times I think I've gotten a word, but it's like crazy and it sounds stupid, so I don't say it. But how do you know? Because when people have spoken words to me, they are spot on because it's Jesus. I've had visions, guys, of like horses or like butterflies or like it sounds crazy. But people have just broken out in tears. And I'm not saying that as bragging in any way because it was fully God. My point is trust him and trust the Holy Spirit because the more often you do it, the easier and easier and easier it is going to become. And it's easy, becomes a lot easier to discern, is that me or is that the Holy Spirit speaking through me? And so Lord, I just wanna pray tonight for every person here. And I just thank you. I fully believe that every single one of us who came tonight was meant to be here tonight. And Jesus, I just pray right now in, in Jesus' name for a baptizing of the Holy Spirit on all of us, God. I pray for a renewing of your spirit over all of us, Jesus. I pray that you would speak so clearly to everyone in this room right now, Jesus, so that there is not one question if that is you speaking or not, Lord, because it is. And I just pray, God, that if there is anything in our life that's hindering our relationship, that you would bring that to light right now, God. And I would pray that we could see that, we could see what it is doing in our relationship relationship, and how it's hurting us, and that we would repent of it, and that we would move forward, Jesus, and know that we are forgiven by you, and that we are moving forward, and that you are with us every single step of the way, God. I just pray right now, Jesus, that the Holy Spirit would come down so thick that it just intercedes in every single person's life who is here right now, God. And I pray for courage for everyone, that if we feel we are supposed to do something, God, whether it's tonight, whether it's at work, whether it's to our family this week, if we are supposed to say something, if we are supposed to pray, Lord, I just pray that you give everyone here the courage in their hearts that you will always show up for us who love you. And I just thank you, Jesus. I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for giving it to us who don't deserve it. We aren't even close to deserving that, Jesus, but it is your love 
And we thank you for that, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Thank you for listening to this message by Wellspring of Life Church in Western Colorado. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please visit wellspringoflifechurch.com. So I will lift up.